Hello there, everyone. This is John with Catholic for Rednecks. Thank you for dropping by the podcast, The Barncast. Hey, just a quick apology for my voice. I went and had a procedure done today, and it's pretty scratchy, like I'm in the mafia or something. I uh, appreciate your prayers. Have a guest on today, one of my friends that I met a few years ago. A uh, Catholic girl lives in New England. She works on one of those fishing boats like you see on reality TV. Um, I forget the name of the show, but uh, she's pretty on fire Catholic. Her name is Brigitte, but it's not Italian. It's a Swedish name. I wanted to get her name straight. So anyhow, um, she gave me a call, and uh, we had a really good interview as she shares her journey. She was kind of a you know, raised Lutheran and then just kind of, you know, you know how it is when you go to college. And then there at college, he uh, was introduced to the Catholic faith. And uh, here she is, give you her story. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. This is John Catholic for Rednecks, and I have a special guest this morning on the Barncast. All right, now, I just showed your name to my wife, because when you first look at your name, it looks like it's Bridget. And so it's Brigetta or Brigetta? It's Brigitta. Brigida, you're right. Is that it, it? Would be Bridget in English, so I mean, close. What what language is it? Italian, it's, French? No, or? it's Swedish. After Saint Brigida of Sweden. Okay. All right. Well, um, I, let's see. When I met you, you were getting married or just got married to Michael, right? Yep. Yep. And he, y'all worked on a fishing boat. Yeah, that's how we met. Yep, that's correct. Well, look, I just got back from the throat doctor, and he told me to rest my voice, so I'm just going to pitch this over you. Just go ahead and tell the listeners out there your story of how you became Catholic, how you met your husband, and, and what your journey has been like so far as a Catholic. Oh, yeah, you rest your voice, John. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, so actually it's kind of funny because a lot of people go to college and they, you know, they lose their faith or they get kind of wrapped up in the wrong stuff. But I actually, I was raised um, Lutheran and as a kid, I like definitely had a strong faith. Like I enjoyed going to church with my family and then unfortunately my parents split up. So that kind of, that kind of turned my relationship like kind of against God like against like anything Christian I just really didn't have any belief I wasn't wasn't really following much and but then fast forward a bunch of years I definitely started like seeking something like I was looking for that like you know definitely it was God like calling me but I didn't know at the time so in college I actually joined a group that was an evangelical group and I I, I mean that group like just that alone like brought me back to faith so that was really amazing just getting to meet other like Christians in college when college can be a an interesting time you meet lots of characters 
so that group really helped me. And then I started going, I, I knew I needed a community for when I left college. So I was trying different churches, like nothing really seemed right. And a friend actually invited me to mass and she was like, Hey, you know, like, I know you feel like you don't fit in now. You didn't really, you know, you didn't feel like you even fit in the Lutheran church anymore. Like, what are you, why don't you come to my church and come to mass and see what you think? So this was like my sophomore year of college. And I just started going like sitting at mass, like at church. And I was like, okay, this is cool. This is more, you know, back to like, because Lutherans do have a little more structure than some of the other Protestant um, denominations. So I was like, this is cool. And I like some of the like, you know, some of the hymns, some of the old school music. I was like, this feels familiar. So I started going every Sunday to mass, just like sitting in the pews, like, okay, I'm making friends. I like this. I feel comfortable. But of course, like, I never thought I would become a Catholic. Like, I was like, oh, I'm just coming here until I find a church that I like. This is, you know, a lot of my college friends are here, too. So I'm going to stay here. And I slowly kept being interested. Like, what are the differences between being Catholic and being Protestant? Like, why is there even a split in the church? So I kept reading a lot of books. Um, I kept going and sitting at mass. I was joining, like catholic things in college with other local students and one of the books that was like a big that actually helped me a lot was um i think it's it's rome sweet home by scott hahn and i just really liked hearing his story and how it was tough like how he saw he like was sitting in the back of like a catholic church and he was like wow this is like heaven on earth like everything they're talking about like this is in the book of revelation and just all of it that was happening and there was like one specific line. I'm not good at quoting the, <laughs> the passages, but there is one line in his book where he talks about when Jesus says like, this is my body and he, he loses a bunch of followers. And my like thought was like, well, if this is literal, like that's why he lost followers. If this wasn't literal, you wouldn't lose followers because right. anyone can do anything symbolically, right? Like sim right. symbolism is, is easy to follow, but when it's literal, that's what makes people like concerned and run away right <laughs> right exactly yeah so that that was a big moment and then the like final point that i knew i was going to become a catholic um i joined it was called it was a life in the spirit um like little mini conference and i so i wasn't catholic yet but you were kind of learning about gifts of the holy spirit and so it was taking place at the end in a Catholic church. And so I was there um, with other leaders and friends. And there was, he wasn't a pastor. I think he was just, he, well, so he was a Catholic school teacher. And then one of my other Catholic friends, they were like praying for me and just saying like, hey, like, I hope God like reveals to you, like whatever you're supposed to know in this time. And so I was kneeling in a pew and I kept getting an image of like the crucifix, like not like an empty cross, like you see in Protestant churches, like Jesus on the cross. And like my eyes were closed. Sorry about my baby in the background. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> we got. He's trying to wonderful. talk to the cats. <laughs> that's the best background music there is. So I kept, I kept getting this image, and I was like, "All right, God, I kind of know what you're trying to tell me, but I'm not positive." So I went. The, the, I, the body on the cross was a little bit of a hint, I think. Yeah, no, it it definitely was, and I, 
I was like questioning. I was like, okay, God, are you really, do I, do I know what you're trying to tell me? Are you sure? And I went and like knelt in a pew next to another Catholic friend who's actually also a Catholic convert. And I was just like, okay, God, like, what are you really trying to tell me? Are you really telling me to be a Catholic? Is that really it? And this friend like leaned over and like touched my shoulder and said, hey, hey, God, I mean, sorry. Hey, Birgitta, God told me to tell you that you're not alone. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> and that that moment, I that's when I finally knew. I know it took me a while and all my friends saw it, but I was like, I just, yeah, started like bawling. It was a very emotional moment. And just kneeling in the pew, I remember thinking, I'm like, why don't we always kneel? There's not as much kneeling in Protestant churches. And I just in that moment felt like, wow, I could never not kneel again, like in, in front of like Jesus, like in the host, like right there, like you need to kneel. So and then, yeah, after that, I started our say, became Catholic. But that was the, the big moments leading up to it. <laughs> OK, now I remember. See, I've known you a, a few years, but this was the first time I've ever talked to you. Um, I remember if I everything you just told me, I, I can I can remember you telling me before. But with Michael, weren't you? Wasn't he um, like more established in his faith, or, and then you started working with him on the boat, or do I, am I confused? <laughs> no, no, you're right. So he um yeah close he was raised catholic but he didn't actually finish he didn't finish his confirmation mm -hmm. um so we actually ended up doing like classes together so it was funny because i was already becoming catholic before him and i like started dating so not that it's bad but it wasn't just for getting married some people ask right. that and i was like no i already found the faith and now we're on this journey together but so we got to do the classes together and then he got confirmed by the local bishop in New Hampshire. So that was really cool that we got to kind of like walk on that journey together. That is cool. You know what, what else is cool is my pastor, Father Jerebic, is from New Hampshire and um, his church is, I think, in your town where you live or nearby. I think so. Which town was he in? Um, that town you live in, I didn't want to dox you here on the uh, internet, but the town you're from, I forget <laughs> the name of it, which you're free to say or not say, but he's from New Hampshire, and somehow he ended up in Alabama working, I think he was a president of a bank, and then, I'm not saying that he let, was away from the faith, but it was while he was at the bank that he felt a call to be a priest. So uh, all that happened down here, but he's from uh, that general area. Where, yeah. where you're from. And uh, I think I had mentioned his church and you said you had been there before. I'm not sure. I talked to about 40 people a day. So <laughs> That's okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. We have, it's funny because obviously it's all different all over the country, but there are still some awesome Catholics in the New England area. So you never know who you're going to run into. Well, you go to the traditional Latin mass. And I remember when you first started going and you started wearing your veil. And I remember that you did a, um, I, I don't know if it was like a Facebook live or just a, a video, but, you said a few of your friends had 
been asking, hey, what's up with the headgear? So yeah. how, did, how did that happen? Um, yeah, so I definitely, before, when I was, like, first Catholic, I had, like, one good friend who would always wear a veil to Mass, and I remember being very curious and, like, wondering, like, hey, like, can you explain, like, why do you do that? And at the time, like, there weren't many, like, other young women doing it or young adults, so I was definitely, like, curious. And then, yeah, for us, as we started to, like, go to the traditional mass, which a lot of it actually started from just like things with the world being shut down. Like we couldn't, we couldn't get to the sacraments. So that was kind of frustrating. So our move was actually, yeah, all of that. That's really why we switched to start was just because we Mm -hmm. wanted to be able to get to mass. So it was tough that, you know, certain, certain areas and, you know, New England was really tough to like find a church that was open. So that was the main reason we switched. But then like yeah just learning about the beauty of like you cover what is sacred it's a form of modesty just the way that like you know being married like you know my husband is is supposed to be the leader so it's just like the way that like jesus is the leader of the church and you're supposed to be like under christ just like i'm under my husband so it's like you veil like that that sacredness if that makes sense i mean yeah once you look into it it's really cool because at first you might think like what is this weird thing like this seems Uh like so like you know this is what are you doing as a woman like this is going back in time but it's i mean it's it's biblical so it's really cool when you like read it in scripture i think it's saint paul talks about it i'm pretty sure i'd have to i'd have to get back to you on that but yeah when when my wife brought me into the catholic church (laughs) you know she's a revert yeah, and she's sitting right here. So, Connie, if you have any comments, you just jump in, okay? She's got her earbuds in. She okay. But <laughs> she's watching Real Housewives or something, I think, or a friend, a friend rewind. So, anyhow, we started out at a church called Saint Mark the Evangelist, and that's where I went through RCIA. And I don't mean this to be negative at all, but it was compared to where I go to Mass now and where you go to Mass. Um, it was very, very, um, let me just say it this way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Catholic light. We we didn't have a rosary. We never did the rosary. Mm. Um, there was not a single female in there that wore a veil. And it was a, wonderful church but it just wasn't it didn't feel as catholic yeah well now it did to me because i came out of a you know you went to a high church you went to the lutheran church but i was born and raised southern baptist and pentecostal so when i went to it it was completely catholic yeah but once i started working for ewtn and and also visiting a few other parishes, I noticed that it seemed like the other churches were more traditional and hardcore. Yeah. And so my church now, the cathedral, you know, it's a N.O. church. And um, a lot of women veil. A lot of women do. And a lot of women do at every Catholic church I've been to, except for the one I spent my first three or four years in. So, you know, you don't, see any ladies bailing at that church they also call it the country club church because it's in a very <laughs> affluent area but uh you know you go to when when i post videos on youtube of 
the cathedral where I go, everybody thinks I get like literally hundreds and hundreds of comments when I post them. And people say, you're so blessed to go to a, a traditional Latin mass. And they'll say, wow, look at all those ladies wearing veils, you know, in your pews. But, you know, we're not Latin mass, but it's still nice to see that to me. I yeah, want to get one for my granddaughter. Traditional and reverent. Yeah, no, it's it's beautiful. It's definitely, well, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not required anymore in the church. So I think it got lost. But if you go back to how it was, I, I think it's a beautiful tradition or even, I know sometimes I wear like a hat instead of a veil at times because my little my little one will try to like rip the veil off my head. So <laughs> yeah, well, I want to get my granddaughter one. I really do. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and because uh, you know a lot of the, the little girls wear them, and of course she doesn't understand the purpose. But what little kid does understand? I mean, she drives my. I miss my rosary now because. She'll get it during mass and start playing with it, put it Aww. in. So I don't know. I think she swiped it, but I think it's good to raise kids in, in tradition of the church. And I'm all for the Catholic Church uh, sticking with what's old, you know, as much as we can. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, what what was there any kind of stumbling block crossing over from Lutheran to to being Catholic? Was there any? certain sticking point that that all you had trouble with oh that's a good one it's been a while now it's been yeah i've been catholic almost four and a half years now um i guess just for me because um just growing up like my dad was very like strong in his lutheran faith and he grew up with a lot of catholic friends so he was always very much like oh well you guys have like bishops and popes and all this it's like well why do you have that like you should just be able to talk to god like you shouldn't have a pope you shouldn't have like saints or i don't know so i think just some of that like learning what we truly believe like no like we can still pray but like we ask for the intercession of certain saints like yes like the pope is it's goes back to like the chair of peter like just learning like what all of that meant i think was helpful because some of the things i'd heard as a kid were kind of like stuck in my head i guess so Mm -hmm. those would have been the biggest things but otherwise i was just really excited to learn and as i kept learning more it just made sense like the catholic church i was like oh this is what's true you know it's very logical religion yeah and what i mean that by that is once you start uh, learning what the Catholic Church teaches, then there's some parts of the Bible that were kind of foggy, and all of a sudden they clear up for you, you know. And uh, I, I just think it's a great faith. I, you mind if I ask you about how old you are? No, I don't mind. I'm 26. 26. Well, your age, you know, when I started my YouTube channel in 2017. The only reason I started it is because I wanted to explain what Catholics really believe. And I wanted to do it in sort of a redneck way like I am. <laughs> I didn't want to be, you know, a lofty theologian speaking properly like an Ivy Leaguer. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, which you are. And uh, oh. <laughs> you're the complete opposite. You know, you're a um, New Englander and... <laughs> You know, went to college (laughs) and you're into all these, um, you know, you do all this fitness stuff and 
and really involved with their child and everything. But, um, you know, I've encouraged you to do that yourself before, if you remember. Yep. You know, because the, the thing I like is, is you know, you, I've heard the expression that the church is dying. It's nothing but old people. But I'm not, that's not what I'm seeing. I don't see that. I see people your age dominating attendance at our mass. You know, what? what's the age group where you go? It's mostly, it's a mixture, but yeah, there's a lot of younger families that have lots of kids. So yeah, that helps. That means, you know, future Catholics that'll, you know, they'll be the big part of the church one day. So it's important. Well, where we go to the cathedral, we either go to the 830 mass or the 11 o'clock mass, depending on my wife. Everything depends on my wife. <laughs> you know, if she wants to go ahead and go, we go. If she wants to drink coffee and chill, then we'll go to 11 o'clock. But my church, it's in the middle of downtown Birmingham. And I'm just amazed at the uh, how young everybody is, most everybody. You know, couples and college kids. And I feel like I'm like the oldest person there. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. It's just showing you that, like, younger people and young adults, they're really, like, seeking something true. And you can't always find it, you know, obviously in a Protestant church because, I mean, yeah, it's awesome to have, like, a good community and, like, have that, you know, the music or the worship. Like, I, I did like that when I was there. But then when you start looking into, like, you're reading about, like, tradition in the Bible, it's like, okay, but where, you know, where's the Eucharist? Where's that sacrifice? Like, it's missing until you get to the Mass, you know? Right. Well, uh, do you pray a rosary? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. How often do you pray the rosary? I normally once a day. Yeah, I try my and best. <laughs> and you're a, a mom. You know, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, he can. He can't talk back yet. He's he's still little. So. <laughs> well, tell me about his name. Ambrose. Yeah. So we named him after Saint Ambrose of Milan. Um. We were really, we were looking for names. Uh, we went through family names and then we just started, we literally looked up online, just saints and started going through just all the saints starting at A. And then we really liked the name and we liked, you know, he's a, he's a church father and just some of the stuff he taught, like he helped with the Aryan crisis and was a really, really strong, like speaker and defender of the church. So yeah, that's why we chose Ambrose. That's a pretty name. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, my um, my youngest son, he found out he's having a boy yesterday. Aww. Um, they're going through that right now, and he just posted. He's been wanting to call his son Richard. He thinks it's a strong name, and but then he's on Instagram, uh, Catholicism on Instagram, and a couple of weeks ago he's posting a meme that was kind of mocking the uh, trendy names for oh, guys. Yeah. And saying, why don't you name your kid something strong like a saint, you know, Ignatius mm. or, or whatever. So yeah. now I'm going to hold him to it. Yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, Ambrose. That's, a, that's not a name you hear every day. No, it? well, I have a weird name. So we had to continue the trend because Brigitte is not common. <laughs> Brigitte, I have never heard your name in my life. <laughs> and I think this poor girl here, Bridget, misspelled her name. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. What? Back to the rosary. What's your? Which is your favorite mystery? Oh, 
probably I'd say the joyful mysteries that's just what I was like most familiar with when I started praying the rosary when I was like becoming Catholic actually mm-hmm. do you wear a scapular yes yep I do you do yeah Ambrose loves to uh he loves to chew play on with it, it and play with it yeah it's really sweet <laughs> yeah my son wears one and um boy he that, that process that he went through to, to could you go ahead and tell the listeners what a of scapular is because probably a lot of them don't know i i didn't know until about a year ago yeah i definitely i mean my enrollment wasn't as big of a process so your son might have a better explanation but i mean basically it was what was given um by saint simon stock and i was learning too that the reason it's wool is like it's supposed to be uncomfortable like kind of as a form of penance and to fulfill it, you have to either pray the rosary every day or you can fast from meats on Wednesday and Friday, I think. I mm-hmm. obviously follow the rosary side and then or we do Fridays also, but you could do you could do either or both. But yeah, it's supposed to help um, help you help you stay out of purgatory when you're wearing it and you're fulfilling the duties of it. But yeah. So do you ever um just like the other day at mass, I, I noticed a young lady when she was taking communion. I could see it, you know, on her on the back of her neck, and that's not something you see where I live. <laughs> Birmingham, Alabama is like ninety eight percent Protestant. Yeah, yep. Is, if you wore a scapular here, people think it was your tag showing. You yeah. know, <laughs> just like when you have your ashes on your forehead during Lent, you know, people, hey man, you got some crap on your face, so I. Is the do, do uh, people out in town ever notice you got a scapular on? Um, not usually, because I usually do try to tuck it in. I know you are supposed to like keep it more hidden. I know it's supposed to be more of like a personal devotion, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, if it if it does stick out, I've haven't had any questions. I guess I do know a lot of Catholic friends around here who wear them, so maybe it's a little more common. I mean, Boston was always a very like Catholic area in this oh, yeah. area, so yeah, I mean. Think it's a little more well known in New England. Yeah, Boston's a famous Catholic city. Yeah, <laughs> it sure is. Well, I, you know, it's been really good talking to you today. And uh, would uh, if there's any young ladies here listening to this that may be on Facebook, do you mind them looking you up? No, not at all. It's just my name, uh, Brigida Cook. So I'm sure, hopefully, John can spell it, and then <laughs> you yeah. can look it up. Well, in a few minutes, I'm going to do the intro. You know, that's separate. And I believe me, I'm going to spell check your name five or six times okay. so I put it in there. But I've loved having you. I love um, your relationship with uh, Michael and your baby and like watching you guys go fishing and uh, your little workouts and stuff. And I just, you know, it's just been neat watching you live your faith the past two years, however long I've known you. And so I need you to get uh, Amanda, you know. Oh, Amanda. yeah, my friend Amanda, get her to yeah. be on. Yeah, she's you on. You need her. to go, go ahead and jump starter. Okay? I will. I'll send her a text. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll talk to you later, and I thank you for coming on the oh, show. Sounds good. Bye, John. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, I, I love having people on here all ages from all walks of 